Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. If you would tonight to John's Gospel, John chapter 10. Hallelujah. John chapter 10. Glory to God. Well, tonight is miracle night. Hallelujah. Hold your place in John 10 and go with me over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Hallelujah. Verse 23 and verse 24. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. He said, most assuredly, I say that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. You know, that's a powerful statement. Whatever you ask the Father, whatever you ask, he'll give you. He'll do for you what you ask him to do. Now, we know we have to balance Scripture with Scripture. When over in 1 John it says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, again, we know that we have the petition that we've asked of him. So when it says here, if you ask anything in, in my name, in Jesus' name, he will give you, he's talking about anything that's consistent with the word of God, anything that the word says belongs to you. But you know, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, discourage me because I know what belongs to me. Yeah, amen. Yeah. I know how much belongs to me. Yeah. I know the wealth uh, of the riches, of the treasures, yeah. uh, of, the, of the fullness of Christ. I know what belongs to me and I know, what, what, uh, I know that the things belong to me, that belong to me cover every area of my life. God wants me to prosper. God wants me to be in health. God wants me to be victorious. God wants me to have it all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. If you need a miracle, he said ask and the Father will give it to you. Can you just believe God for a miracle? Absolutely. Can you ask and expect a miracle in your life? Well, he said whatever you ask. He didn't say if it's not too big. Or if it's not too hard, or, or, or if it's not you know uh, uh, beyond reason, it just can't be beyond His will. But I tell you what, there's a lot of things that are His will that are beyond reason, <laughs> far beyond natural reasoning. God says it belongs to us. Hallelujah! So whatever you need, you can have. I said whatever you need, if you're if you're bold enough to ask for it in faith. God will give it to you tonight, this night, this Sunday night. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Now, I want to talk to you tonight on the subject of how to keep your miracle, how to keep your healing or whatever it is that you, that you need from God, whatever you receive, how to keep it. And a lot of the principles involved in how you keep it apply to how you get it. Amen. I said a lot of the principles that apply to how you keep it apply to how you get it in the first place. Amen. Number one, we need to know that Satan always comes to steal what, what God has given you. John 10, turn over there. We turn to it. Are you still there? John 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. And, and not just a little bit of life, abundant life. Well, abundant life would include all of the blessings of God. It would include all the promises of God. It would include whatever it is you need in life that's consistent with the word of God that, that belongs to you. He said that the thief comes to steal, but I've come that you might have it. Jesus came to give you what the will of the Father is for you. Jesus came to make available to you without any qualifications to guarantee the blessing of God. The Bible says he is the guarantee of our inheritance. The fact that Jesus came, the fact that Jesus lived, the fact that Jesus died the death that he died on the cross, that he poured out his blood and shed his blood, poured out his life, was, uh, was uh, uh, killed, was buried, was, was raised from the dead. All of that was done to guarantee the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Everything that's ever been promised in the Bible. Every, the, the, it says that in him all the promises of God are yes and amen. That means they belong to you. All of the promise of God belongs to you. And Jesus is the guarantee. Jesus is the yes, the amen, already pronounced on everything you need. But he said the thief comes to take it from you. He comes to steal. That's what a thief does. You need to understand that whatever the Lord gives you Whatever you believe for, the thief is constantly there trying to take it from you. We talked this morning, or I talked this morning to you about the fact that people go from crisis to crisis in life. And it's because the enemy is constantly trying to steal. Steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your finances, steal your health, steal your family, steal your, your, your confidence, steal your victory. It's because he's a thief. But Jesus came to give life. Amen. He's the giver. Amen. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, uh, said that in a certain point in his ministry during the healing revival, that he would go behind Oral Roberts, where Oral Roberts would come to town and hold a big tent crusade and thousands of people would get healed. 
And in, in the healing revival, Oral Roberts was one of the, the pinnacles uh, as far as the healing evangelist. He was right up at the top. He had so many miracles took place in his ministries. I mean, they were undeniable miracles. People were healed of all sorts of, uh, I mean, crippled people who couldn't walk. People with deformed uh, bodies would come up in his meetings and he would lay hands on them and in front of everybody, their deformities would start changing and their bodies would start filling out and limbs would grow and, and they'd take braces off of children and they'd get up and run it up and down the platform. You know, and, and just all kinds of, 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 of miracles, just miracles right in front of everybody. You can't deny that. Now, a lot of people who don't believe in the power of God, they'll say, well, you know, they were just hypnotized. <laughs> the problem is hypnotists aren't that successful. <laughs> if you've ever followed people that, that try to hypnotize people, I mean, even the best of them, all they mostly get out of people is a little nod. You know, they don't, they don't get miracles. Hypnotists never, you never hear hypnotists advertising, we can make your legs grow out. It just doesn't happen. We can open blind eyes and make that. That just doesn't happen. That's not the work of a, of a hypnotist. It's God's miracle power. And it was a demonstration. You couldn't deny that these people had received bona fide miracles. But all Roberts would come for a few days and hold a big healing crusade and leave. And Brother Hagen intentionally followed him. He would book meetings and come in behind Oral Roberts and he said he would go to the churches where a lot of these people had been healed just a few weeks before and he said it was amazing how many people had lost their healing. Their symptoms had come back on them. And, and they didn't understand. And a lot of times they'd say, well, you know, I thought the Lord healed me. Well, you know, a little kid with half sense would know that you were healed if you were, if you were crippled and now you're walking. Well, I thought the Lord healed me, but I guess maybe he didn't. Well, you were blind and then you saw for 20 days. What is that? That's a miracle. And yet a lot of people lost their healing and that's why, that's when he discovered that, that he needed to do more teaching on faith and how to receive and how to stand then just he said he said he knew he could give his vision he could talk about the visions you know that he had received from the lord and all the times that uh, uh, the lord had appeared to him and how he had been healed and the miracles that took place he said he could advertise those things print out handbills you know and and advertise that he could pack out auditoriums and even have a tent of his own he said but he wanted to have enduring fruit he wanted to pe he wanted people to know how to get healed and stay healed amen well, the first thing you have to realize is the devil will always come to try to take away from you what, what he's done and what God's done in your life. Julie this morning talked about the fact that last Sunday she received a healing. And, and you know, her back had been, your back had been bothering you for how many years? Since the eighth grade. Now, I don't know how long ago that was. I'm not even, that's none of my business, but it's been more than a year or two. Since the eighth grade, constant pain in her back. And she was healed Sunday morning. And, and she just decided, you know, I'm going to take that. I'm going to receive my healing. 
and she was completely healed. She went the ne- you know throughout the next week and, and this past week and, and and she discovered going places, riding in the car, sitting at a at a desk or something, no pain in her back. Well, you can't deny that. That's it. That's that's a miracle. But she also said, she said, the devil has challenged her several times this week. Well, you know, a lot of people will give in to that and they'll say, well, you know, it's, I guess it's back. No, that's just the enemy trying to, to see if you'll give it up. Amen. There's a scripture in Jonah. Turn with me to Jonah. Can you find Jonah in the Bible? No. <laughs> right after Obadiah. It's easy. Amen. Glory to God. Let me see, let me see this in Angela's Bible. In uh, Jonah, in the second chapter, verse number eight, Now, in the New King James, it says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. I like the way the older King James says, says they they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Brother Hagin told this story he said a, a, a woman came to him after one of his meetings, after he had been uh, in a town, he came back to the same area where he had ministered, and a woman came up to him, and she said, Brother Hagen, when you were here last time, sometime before, she said, I had uh, suffered with asthma for so many years. And she said, I came up in your, in your healing line, and you laid hands on me, and I was completely healed of asthma. She said, all the symptoms left me. And, uh, you know, if you've had asthma for a long time, it can cause scarring in your lungs. And she said, you know, I was completely healed of that. And she said, then after a little while, she said, I started having symptoms of, of asthma again. And she said, no, you don't, devil. You're not taking my healing away from me. I was healed. I was healed. I'm not giving it up. She stood her ground. And, and, but, but she didn't seem to get any better. She still had these symptoms. And so her husband kept pressuring her to go to the doctor to get it checked out. And so just to satisfy him, she went. And the doctor examined her and he said, you have symptoms of asthma, but you test negative for the disease. He said, when, we act, when I run the test, it says it doesn't show that you have asthma. And yet you tell me that you have the symptoms of asthma. What is that? That's a lying symptom. The enemy will very often bring lying symptoms against your body to try to mimic and replicate what you were healed of and you need to not fall for that. You need to say, no, sir, I was healed. I am not going to observe lying vanities. I'm not going to observe lying symptoms, praise God. Amen. Glory to God. So number one, you need to know that Satan always comes to steal what God has given to you. Number two, you need to know that healing is your covenant right. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, you have a covenant right to healing. Now, what am I talking about? Go with me to Matthew, the eighth chapter. Matthew chapter eight. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything? Matthew chapter eight. 
Verse number 16 and 17. Now follow along with me. This is real important. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. It says that when Jesus healed people, that he healed all who were sick, that it would be fulfilled as a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy where Isaiah self said himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, if you hold your place there and go back to Isaiah 53, you'll see this prophecy where the prophet Isaiah spoke about the coming Messiah and the ministry that he would have and what he would accomplish. Isaiah chapter 53 In verse four, it says, surely he has borne our sicknesses. Now, the King James says griefs, but this word is also translated sicknesses. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Well, that word sorrows is also translated pains. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Well, now, how do you know that's that's the right translation? Well, go back to Matthew Chapter 8, verse 17. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So this is the the same Holy Spirit that inspired the prophet Isaiah to say what he said, inspired the, the writer of the gospel to say what he said. So it's the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to read the commentary of men. It's one thing for me to stand up here and say, well, that should have been translated. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. It's one thing for me to say it, but here the Holy Spirit said it. Do you see that? In Matthew chapter eight, the Holy Spirit is quoting the same verse from Isaiah, only he says himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Hallelujah. Now go back to Isaiah again. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the great redemptive chapter of the Old Testament. It stands as a pinnacle above so many chapters in the Old Testament where it just lays out so clearly and so beautifully and so eloquently the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the great redemption that came through him. And it was looking forward. It says, by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And can anybody witness to that? Does that sound like anybody you used to know? Amen. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So in this sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, when he went to the cross, all that he suffered, when God laid the sins and the iniquity of of our transgressions, when he laid our sins and our iniquities upon Jesus, he did not only just take our sins away, but he took our sicknesses away as well. Amen. It says the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This word iniquity 
I've written real small. It's written inside here. I had to find it. Now, this is per Brown, uh, Driver, and Briggs uh, Hebrew lexicon. This word iniquity means iniquity. It means guilt of iniquity. And it means the consequences and the punishment for iniquity. God laid on him the iniquity, the guilt of iniquity, and the consequences or punishment for iniquity was laid on him. Well, we all know that sin brought sickness into the world. You never saw sickness in the world until sin came, until sin appeared, isn't that right? Well, one of the consequences of sin. Now, I'm not saying that you're sick necessarily because of particular sin in your life. I'm saying sin brought sickness into the earth. And God laid our iniquity, the guilt of iniquity. Oh, glory to God. I'm so glad I got free from guilt. Hallelujah. I could look back at the old man and and he's just somebody else I used to know. Amen. I'm not, there are things I ought to be ashamed of, but I'm not. There There are things I ought to feel guilty over, but I don't. Because that old man died. Glory to God. And God raised up a new person in his place, glory to God, with no association with, to that former life. No association with it, no, no ties to it. Glory to God, he took my guilt away. But he also took the consequences and punishment for iniquity away. Says he laid it on him, hallelujah. Now notice, let's go back up to verse five. But he was wounded for our, our transgressions He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The Amplified Bible says the punishment, the correction, the discipline, the chastening, the punishment necessary for our peace and well-being was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Can you see that God placed your sickness on the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore you have the right to be free? It's your covenant right. It belongs to you. Amen. Now our bodies are mortal. Because Because of the entrance of sin into this world, it tainted the human race. And when you're born again, your spirit is made new and recreated without a trace of iniquity in it. But our bodies are still fallen. We still bear in our bodies the fall of Adam. And because of that, we're mortal. The word mortal means death doomed. If you'll just notice, look at some old pictures of yourself. Amen. You you don't look as good as you used to. You don't look as young as you used to. Why is that? Because we're getting older. Why? Because there is decay decay set into our bodies. That's when Jesus comes, we're going to receive a new body. But our bodies are subject to death, but God has borne our sins and our sicknesses, put our sicknesses on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have the right to be healed every single day day of our life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you can't can't keep your body from eventually dying but until that day comes, until you're satisfied, until you're ready to go, you have the covenant right, 
You say, Jesus took my, my sins and my sicknesses, my pains, my infirmities were placed on him, praise God. And by his stripes I am healed. Amen. Glory to God. Now, now let's look at, at an example of, get, of that. Go with me to the 13th chapter of Luke. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Now he was teaching, this is verse 10, Luke 13, 10. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Now think of this. This woman had been bent over for 18 years. Can you imagine how much she had suffered? How much she had missed out on? How life and and the joy of living had been robbed from her. She could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmities. And he laid his hand on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. I tell you, religion is mean. Religion's just mean. He answered with indignation uh, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. Then the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his donkey or his ox from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Notice what he said. He said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, what was he What was he? laying claim to here. He was laying claim to the covenant. He said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham and she ought to be healed because of the covenant. Isn't that what it says? Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound for 18 years? Think of it. Ought not she be loosed from, from her bond on the Sabbath? And that's why he healed her, because she ought to be. She had a right to be. She had a covenant right because she was a daughter of Abraham. Now, people will say sometimes, well, yeah, the Jews, you know, they had this covenant and, and that belonged to them, that belonged to the Jews under the old covenant. I'm so glad people say that. I love it when people say that. Amen. Go with me to Galatians chapter three. Galatians chapter three. Hallelujah. Now he's talking to Christians. Amen. He's talking to people under the new covenant. Christ, verse 13, Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Notice that the blessing of Abraham. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be healed? He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon who? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. Somebody that never knew the covenant. 
to whom the covenant didn't, didn't come, to whom it didn't apply, with people who were without a covenant, without God, with no approach to God, with no background in the promises of God, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Glory to God. I tell you what, every promise under the old covenant belongs to us under the new covenant. Amen. And I can show you that too. Go with me to Hebrews chapter eight. Hebrews chapter eight. Glory to God. I'm helping somebody. Hebrews chapter eight, verse number six. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Of course, it's talking about the Lord. Inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. He's referring to the old covenant. We have a better covenant established on better promises. Hallelujah. So everything they had under the old covenant, we have under the new covenant, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Ought not you be healed? Ought you not? Ought you not? I can't even say it right. Shouldn't you be healed? <laughs> ought not you be healed? Amen. Shouldn't we be healed? We should be. Why? Because we're children of the covenant. We have a covenant of healing. Glory to God. Jesus bore our sicknesses, carried our pains. By his stripes, we are healed. Over in 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, with his stripes, we were healed. Well, if we were, then we are, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't look like it. I don't look like I'm healed. Well, stop looking at what you look like and start looking at what the Bible says about you. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, I'll quickly finish this. Know that Satan is a defeated foe and that you have authority over him in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that that he, the Lord Jesus, uh, took on flesh and blood so so that he might destroy, render powerless him who had the power of death. The Lord Jesus Christ defeated the devil, set him at naught, paralyzed him, delivered us, and gave us the right to use his name. He said, in my name, they'll they'll speak with new tongues. In my name, they'll cast out devils. In my name, they'll take authority over the evil one. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Glory to God. You need to know that you have authority over the devil and any time he tries to rob you of what belongs to you, you have the right to stand your ground, point your finger and say, not in my house, you're not putting this on me. I've been redeemed, I've been healed, I have a gift from God, it was given to me on Calvary, glory to God and you're not taking it from me, I rebuke you. The Bible says we are to resist the devil. I talked about this this morning. Resist him. Now it stands to reason that you have to submit to God to do that. But that shouldn't be a problem for us. I said that shouldn't be a problem for us. Submit to God. Cooperate with God. Cooperate with his grace on your life. Instead of siding in with the devil. Amen. Amen. Well, if I just, if I just, 
If I could just get God to get, make me feel like I felt before. It's not based on feelings. It's based on what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection and what God has done for us through him. Amen. And if you're going to live your life based on your feelings, you'll never walk in victory. Hallelujah. Resist the devil. That's number four. Resist him. Resist him. Resist doubt. Resist doubt when it comes. You know when a thought of doubt comes, just say, I'm not going to doubt. I resist that doubt. I refuse to doubt. You know, you don't have to doubt. Now, thoughts of doubt can come to your mind, but you can resist them and not let them get in your heart. Say, I refuse to doubt in my heart. I refuse to. He who speaks to this mountain says, be removed, be cast in the sea, and, in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Didn't say doubt in his mind. I, you can have all kinds of, of, of thoughts of doubt coming against your mind and it not affect you at all as long as you don't let it get on the inside of you. Amen. Just with a big old grin on your face. You can say, I'm not gonna believe that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna doubt God. I just refuse to doubt. Well, I just don't know how you do that. I mean, it's just so hard. I, I just doubt, just seem, stand against it. Do you know doubt is a sin? Doubt is a sin. Unbelief is sin. When we know what we know, it's wrong to doubt it. We're tempted to doubt it, but we don't have to give in to doubt. You can say, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna doubt. Bosworth said, doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. Doubt your doubts. When the enemy comes to you and says, well, you know, you've lost your healing. Just say, I doubt that. I believe God. I doubt, I doubt my doubts. Well, you, you're not gonna make it. This time the money's not gonna come in. Say, I doubt that. When the enemy says, what are you gonna do tomorrow when the money's not there? Just say, what are you gonna do when it is? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Because I believe it's there. I believe God's provided. Amen. Doubt, doubt the devil, but believe God. Hallelujah. You, you can choose to do that. It's within your power to do it. It's in your wheelhouse, the ability to believe God. Amen. Doubt your fears. The devil says, oh, it's all, it's all coming crashing down. You say, I doubt that. I believe God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Ephesians chapter four says, give the devil no place. Don't give him any quarter. Don't give him any room. Don't give him any place, any opportunity. Don't give him an opening. Keep the door shut. Amen. And then declare your victory. Number five, declare your victory and your healing. Openly, listen, if you will not boldly declare what belongs to you when the enemy comes against you, if you will not open your mouth, if you'll just sit there and try to, and, and try to if you just sit there quietly and try to wage a mental battle, it will not work. You need to open your mouth and say, by his stripes, I am healed, I was healed, I am healed, I'm gonna remain healed. This is, this is a lying symptom. I'm not taking it, praise God. I believe God. 
Hallelujah. That's how you keep your healing. Amen. Because he'll come. He'll come and try to take your healing or whatever it is you've believed from God. Whatever the miracle is. He'll try to come and take it from you. But you'll say, no, sir. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you ask in Jesus' name, he will give you. Whatever you ask. Hallelujah. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have it. He's basically saying, if we ask anything according to his will, it's as good as done. It's as good. When we ask it, it's as good as done. Hallelujah. That's put, that's put, that puts miracles uh, right on the plate. I mean, puts it right out there for you. Glory to God. Is anything too hard for God? Hallelujah. Simple faith receives miracles. Just simple, pure, simple faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What do you need tonight? What do you need from the Lord? What what needs changing in your life? What do you need God to do? How do you need him to move in your life, to bring your life into conformity with his plan? What what do you need God to do for your life to reflect what the Bible says about you? He'll do it. He'll do it. The truth is, it's already yours. He just wants you to lay hold of it by faith. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.